Hello and welcome to LedgerCast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I am here as usual with Josh Olswich. Hey, Josh. Mr. Brian, how stole, are you? I'm good, and I stole your line again. I'm sorry. Can't help it. Which line? The per usual thing. You got upset at me a couple weeks ago about that. Oh, well, it is, it is trademark, so I will, you will be hearing from my lawyers. Okay, well, sorry. Are you in the hurricane path at all? Are you good? Um, no, I grew up down that way, um, but in Alabama... I'm about four and a half hours north of if it hits the Alabama coast, so I'm good. So, you, so you'll you'll feel it eventually, not directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get some storms, but it's not going to okay. be dangerous or anything. Yeah, okay. I grew up in that bay area down there, close to the beach, and we used to get freaking pummeled. Mm. Uh, it's a it's a hurricane alley for sure, but not for me. We'll just get some uh, not great weather, but. Um, you know, we were we were looking for some dumps. We had we talked about where to buy the dip, and so far the dip has been minimal at most. What are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I'm still uh, just waiting here with my bids. At just lower. <laughs> I'm just sitting here with my bids, but that's for more like your margin positions and stuff, right? You just got spot exposure still. Yeah, yeah, I've got. Uh, I'm not hedged right now, and I'm not short. Okay. I have bids lower. Bids for That's, bids for margin long. Bids for ETH spot. Bids for PTC spot because the way Kraken works, your your PL is in USD. Yeah. So unless I automatically just buy BTC or ETH again, I have to you know. That's a trading decision, right? Like, right. If your PL is in USD, then you either uh, hold the USD or you buy. Buy crypto, right? Yeah. I feel like we're kind of in a decision zone here. And, you know, it's Friday. we got two more days. The weekly level is around 11.5. So we're sitting here going into legacy close um, right at the most important level on a weekly, particularly for Bitcoin, but also for Ethereum, just under 400 there. Um, I think we can kind of turn the tide and get back above these primary levels. But my gut tells me we're going to spend another week dancing either in this zone and just chopping everybody up or a little below. I don't think we've gotten our final dip yet, and we just are going to have to wait longer for, like, the moving averages to catch up and stuff like that. The four hours already have, if people are seeing my chart. But when I look at the daily, uh, for instance, like, we're under the 20-day moving average. It looks like a bearish retest. It looks much more bearish on a daily than, like, those four hours. And, you know, it still seems like we could get down there into the low 10s. But the market seems pretty hyped. So, like, I mean, we could do anything here. We're just at a – we're at a no man – we're in no man's land. Yeah, I think the issue, the issue is there's so much chaos going on externally that any sort of TA is just going to kind of – take a backseat to like the PM of Japan resigning or for hurricane and Corona or the credit markets crumbling or the election, like all this stuff. There's just like some crazy, crazy stuff going on right now. Our inflation hitting a 2% target or whatever Powell said the other day. Yeah. I mean, well, they kind of said they're doing, they don't care that much about the 2% target right now. Right. I guess. And like Dixie, is crumbling. Uh, yeah, so I mean the Dixie. That's going to fuel. The Dixie that's had a fuel chance. BTC. And, yeah, the Dixie had a chance, and it just, <coughs> it 
pretty much failed it. Like it's not dead, but it like its pump was its pump opportunity was in the Fed comments and you know all that jazz, and it's just printing a <laughs> Doji on like a looks like a bearish retest. So it's not exactly not exactly uh, not exactly looking like a super bullish setup or anything. Yeah, no, the Dixie just looks like one of your DeFi shit coins, you know. <laughs> it looks like it looks like the the music stopped for the Dixie. Yeah, just w- that's all. Walking its way down, consolidating before it walks further. Yeah, it just looks dead, man. It just looks the dollar looks dead. King dollar has died. It's game over for the dollar. <sighs> yeah, it really is. Uh, so we got all that stuff going on, and if I'm on if I'm my deserted island, I'm still just looking at the chart, saying whatever to everything else. And I still am like, I'm still playing that short or that uh, head and shoulders the same way. I got to pull that up. Where is that? Uh, yeah. on the Bitcoin one, that's what it looks like. I mean, all the macro stuff, all the macro stuff looks to me like we could just have continuation to the upside, but yeah, I mean, you can, you can literally see the head and shoulders or like a rounded top, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. It's so, it's hard. It's hard to be super bearish crypto right now and all that's right. going on. But at the same time, you're looking at. The, I'm looking at the chart and I'm saying, okay, this is definitely primed for a retrace, hundred mm-hmm. uh, percent. Whether or not it happens, I don't know. If we can get above four, four eleven, whatever that previous high is um, on ETH, then we're probably good for more up. Because at this point, how many days has this been? Let me just measure this real quick. Yeah, so this uh, is 24 days. Anything over 20 days is usually fair game. So if this is, is more than 20 days consolidation and it breaks up and set it down, that should be a massive bullish continuation. Yeah, that's um, that's your... I mean, really, it's more like 34 bar, 30 plus. I mean, basically a month since we made the impulse candle up to 11K, right? Um. Yeah, it's been it's been over twenty days, so it's it's yeah. It, the the volume profile looks great. Like all this stuff looks very good, almost like it did for BTC um, in Q two twenty nineteen. You know, less good is that uh, Vinny is calling for a move above fifteen k before consolid- further consolidation. Who's Vinny? Vinny Lingham. Vinny Lingham. Is that guy still the, a person? The king of Civic. He tweeted the other day. It really is surprised. He, he tweeted and he was like, 10K is very strong support and it looks like we're pushing to 15K. And I was just like, oh no, that's like my exact thoughts. <laughs> this is, it can't be good. This can't didn't, be good. We're going to 8K. Didn't Civic collapse this week? We'll look at it in a second. Know. But this is the, um, if you pop onto my screen real quick, this is the head and shoulders I'm referring to in 2019. Yeah, and people are people are always trolling me about. Uh, I just see your Kraken, shoulders. Your Kraken is, view. Is, That's what we're supposed to be on, right? Kraken. Oh no, my bad. You don't uh, even have it pulled up. I, I'm sharing the wrong screen. You are. Good sure. thing I'm not logged into Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> I'll switch over to mine while you figure that out. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the high time frame just kind of looks like a little rounded thingy. The the mid time frames look a little bit head and shouldersy to me. I don't know. Like this has broken a lot of patterns. It's just it's just chilling for me right now. Let me know okay. when, once you Should get. Should be the, good to go with my screen there. Wait, no, it's I still, still the wrong one. Why? Short, I've selected the other one. I don't know, man. Short zoom. Short zoom. That's you got a short zoom. Which is how you're uh, how to lose money right now. Um, 
Okay, should be good. Okay. Yeah, that's there we go. Yeah, so we had this this uh, head and shoulders, and everyone's like, "It's continuation." Blah 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 blah. I'm like, no, it's head and shoulders, and it's this was 24 days plus. If the volume profile is descending, this was when we had like the bit stamp hack, the tra- chain reorg thing, and well, it wasn't a bit stamp hack. It was a bit stamp maybe manipulation. Yeah, you're correct in that statement. Um, but anyway, our friends all at this stuff would be upset. <laughs> Yes, they were never hacked. I retract that statement. I apologize. <laughs> deeply apologize. <laughs> deeply, deeply apologize to anyone I've hurt with that statement. Uh, but, you know, this isn't a perfect head and shoulders, but this looks less like a head and shoulders than the one it does now, certainly, but a very similar situation. Now, this is 30 days plus whatever. Uh, and look what happened, right? Yeah, went ham. So that's what I'm watching for East. For sure, watching that level of 411. Like, this looks so good to me. Like, look at all these wicks. Look at all these wicks. Yeah. It's perfect. I have tried hedging this so many times, and all I've done is lose a little bit of money every time. Um, I have, yeah, I'm not. I have one more. Here's a, uh, this is kind of a chart crime, but, you know, I've got this red important zone horizontal that we've danced with a lot, but then I'm like, well, what about what if we just like paint another little diagonal here? Like, is this a sign that we could just break up from this whole thing? Um, I don't know. This whole 400 zone, I can't get past the options open interest that's just like stuck in my brain. <laughs> uh, CME options or just in general? Uh, the skew, just the skew ones. I think most of it's actually on Darabit, but like the longer we stay sideways, the longer the stretches out, the harder it is to stay hedged because basically no matter how you're doing it, it gets, starts to get expensive. And then like the pressure builds up, I feel like just to move up instead. Like if you just can't break down over and over again, these were both great opportunities to break down on the 25th and the 27th. Like I was ready for it both times. And then both times they completely retraced and so did my profits for the hedge. Yeah. That's why hedges are, Annoying. Not, not always the best, just because it's dangerous, right? Like yeah. a hedge is a position. No position is a position. All positions are a position. And yeah. The reason I did it though is because I was like pretty deep into the altcoin mania crap, and those were all yeah. going to get absolutely wrecked if it broke down hard. Um, so I felt like I'm okay losing a little bit of money on a hedge if it doesn't work out, rather than just buying the dip because I want to stay essentially leveraged into altcoins on the other side. And especially when those altcoins can go down by like 20, 30% in two hours or something, you know? Yeah. I was just going to pull up the BTC dominance. Haven't really done much this week. Yeah. We did just have an option. Farron, uh, Farrow, Nielsen, however you pronounce your name, got several good comments. I wanted to mention here. One is, uh, the, this morning, you know, last night, middle of the night, uh, was an options expiry that had a ton of open interest. Um, and also I think a futures expiry. And then, um, the other thing I had noticed it this morning when the S and P was up and also the VIX was up like two, two and a half percent. Uh, Farrow Nielsen said, uh, there's a quote from somebody last time the VIX and the S and P were both green two days in a row was the peak of the dot com bubble. <laughs> They've never been together for three days ever. Uh, so that's weird. 
I, I don't know if that's a real quote, but I feel like just saying it because if true, whoa. Yeah, and we've talked about the VIX a billion times, but right. VIX up is bearish, VIX down is bullish for crypto. And and seeing a kind of haphazard up day, it looks like the VIX ended up going down by the end of the day, but um, the VIX started the day up even though the stock market was up. Just very strange behavior. I don't know what to make of it. Looks like our correlations came way down for BTC to like nothing. Well, it looks like the um, S&P ended the day down too. Am I looking at the right stuff? Did we really go <laughs> down? Just, was is there this a, possible? Uh, no. Answer is no, we didn't. The I don't know what my ES feed is doing there. We're, we're up on the day. Yeah, so it looks like the correlations between um, S&P and NASDAQ and BTC are all way down to almost nothing. Rolling 30-day. Uh, yeah, so the middle line, of you know, the little dotted line on your, your bottom line chart right there, that's the zero bound, right? Or no, that's the current. This is the VIX. Oh, that's the VIX. Where's the... Yeah. Where's the... These are the uh, correlations here. Let me just add a line to this, and you can see it. Oh, I got you. There's our zero line. The zero line is... Yeah. So with the NASDAQ, it's basically zero... And with S&P, it's like 10, 20%. Um, but that's because they're both going up and BTC isn't, you know? Right. Correlation's down because one's consolidating while another one just stair steps its way up. Yeah. I'm not sure what to make of that, if anything. Yeah, and the VIX. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Just a whole lot of weirdness going on right now. But yeah, the CME had a massive still has massive open interest for the next contract. It's got relatively big open interest that needs to roll over today or close. Yes. Yeah, so and we had, we had that date, uh, the, you know, August 28th, that's today. So, so yeah. So the CME close it, it must be closing this afternoon. Darabit closed, uh, in the morning for the options and CME is closing, I guess with the end of the day. So yeah, uh, volatility on the way. <laughs> Sounds like, You'd think, you, you know, like I expect, I expect everything to just roll over. Right. But Unless I'm not, I'm not betting on that until we, until the chart says to, right. Yeah. You can't cause this stuff just keeps melting up at any chance and opportunity it gets. And we've seen that. We've seen that cross market too. Like I've got these lines, this one's the weekly. So it looks goofy on this daily chart, but that's the weekly level. And we're just posting right up on it, you know? And then the twelve nine twenty is the daily high from back in twenty nineteen. So if we move up, like it's thirteen K at minimum. Honestly, I think it's higher than that if we really move up. If we get an impulse up. And we could we've like you said, we've consolidated enough, we could totally do it. We're just begging for this dip, but dip's not happening. Well the dip the reason I want the dip is because it's obviously easier to trade. Like you know where you, yeah, you should it's buy. Hard, it's hard right? to just jump on a rocket ship. It's it's hard to be like, am I hedged? Am I short? Am I am I in? Am I out? You know, what am I doing here? Versus, okay, I'm just buying the dip blindly, essentially, because I know where it should be. Um, but if we don't get a dip, ideally we get some sort of slow signal like we did with this TK cross recross business. Uh, because again, that's another easy signal to trade. You don't need you don't need to know what to do there. You just right. use the, your system. The trend resets itself. Right. Um, bottom right of my screen now, 
the Ethereum options open interest. So today was a huge expiry. Not another huge expiry, though, until September 25th, and then December 25th is even larger. But 400 is still the largest open interest strike by a lot, by a double, basically. So according to this, my take on that is Ethereum may chop around here for a month, but if you make me bet, I'd say, like, we're just going to be at 400 for the rest of the year on Ethereum, which makes no sense at all. <laughs> so like, something's going to give here. Like maybe those people, those options will start to blow out or they'll have to hedge. Maybe I'm putting too much merit. Yeah, if if ETH keeps getting locked up in DeFi, then it's it, just supply and demand, which right? spiked like, big time, by the way. Um, and for well, here's here's the thing. Let's let's talk about this real quick. All these meth heads talking about DeFi locked in ETH, blah blah blah. I'm putting myself we in that category now. We don't have numbers that are great, and I use these numbers myself. So DeFi Pulse is not reliable in that it double counts. Well, what about Some. what about the Uniswap.info liquidity page? Because it spiked one hundred and fifty million dollars in like twenty four hours after we did. Yes, what's is that reliable? You, so you could use any any site individually and say like it's going up or down reliably, I think. But you cannot use something like DeFi Pulse that aggregates everything because of the double counting problem or triple counting. You know, if you're if you're uh, yielding stuff somewhere and then it goes somewhere else, the possibility that it becomes double counted is higher. Well, you just be- because I'm unless you very- unless you have individual wallets and you know exactly the the total values. So just I I'm guilty of this myself, but just in general, people need to know. You see that number, you're like, oh my god, it's at five billion four point four percent of the total circulating supply. Yeah, but that's not exactly true. Well, because I'm very, very smart about DeFi now. Been <laughs> right. You've done two videos. I've done two. Are, I've done two videos. I've been. You have your certificate. I've been trading on Uniswap for over a week now, maybe three. Whoa! Wow. Um, you're like I'm you're you're an early man. Practically an expert. I've interviewed at least two people about De- about DeFi. So clearly, I'm qualified <laughs> for these statements, but. Uh, the liquidity on on Uniswap went way up, if that number is to be believed, and I don't know why not to. Like it, it looked like it was capping at 300, and it was starting to tick down. And then when we just didn't break down at 370, 375, it's like somebody went and put 150 million dollars of liquidity on there. I don't know where that came from. I don't know anything about that. I just know that's a wild chart. And then Muniswap is the one that the one inch Munis- people. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, there's something called Muniswap. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't, you, had think, time, you haven't had time to watch the video that I put out today, so I'll forgive and you. And you think this is all going to be fine? <laughs> I think this is ready ready to just crumble like the Dow did. Uh, Mooniswap is a better name than the parent company, which is called One Inch, uh, which apparently has to do with anime. I don't know. Anyway, so One Inch is like they're, they're building a lot of the rails for this ecosystem, and Mooniswap is their take on Uniswap but helps solve some of the impermanent loss issues and they think is going to be a better solution for some of these things on Ethereum. Point is, they already have $108 million of liquidity as well. So between the just the two of them, which are really the top two, you're talking about mm, almost $600 million of total liquidity in those two protocols. Doesn't count balancer. It doesn't count whatever else there is. You said DeFi Pulse, right? 
DeFi polls. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I know of that website specifically because I use it. I know a lot of other people do. Yeah, DeFi I'm not saying it's a bad eight point two four billion. That's across tokens, right? Like that's not just Ethereum. Uh, obviously, that's like that's BTC included. But uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't want to disparage the good name of DeFi Pulse, but uh, just keep that in mind. You well, know. something. There's a way we can extrapolate this. Curve Curve is one of them, and it says one point two six billion locked. Well, that's not actually true. Like if because that's just stuff that exists that hasn't vested yet. Those people would dump if they could. So it's calling it locked because people haven't received it yet. So it's not like they had the money and now they're choosing to lock it. It's they have done something in the DeFi ecosystem where they've earned future curve payouts. And based on current curve prices, that is worth 1.26 billion, but it's only locked in the sense of like, they can't dump it yet. It's not locked like they had dollars and they put them there to lock them up. So this $8 billion number, I don't consider to be quite right. Thank you for being more specific with my criticism. I appreciate it. I only know because I have to give a shout out to uh, somebody. I mean, that's way more than I knew. So Yeah, so my, I've learned a ton of this stuff from my buddy Winthorpe. Uh, I'm going to look him up. So people can see he is like really smart about this stuff and has helped teach me some things. So crypto Winthorpe on the Twitter, you should follow him. He's really smart about this stuff and he helps explain things to me. Uh, and then I take what he explains and I make YouTube videos and take credit. So, um, so that's how, Hey, that's how I got here. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. standing on the shoulders of giants, as they say, that's right. But I think that, um, I think that a lot of these tokens, they just don't have a lot of circulating supply. And I bet we can get a view of it if we go to, what's it called? I have a hard time remembering because it's such a dumb name. Uh, CoinGecko. <laughs> that's not a dumb name. That's a great name. How? How is that a great name? I think that's a great name. Uh, okay. Whatever you say. What's wrong with CoinGecko, man? Um. All right, so what I like about this is it's got a big list of DeFi crap, and then it's got market cap versus fully diluted market cap. So if we go and we find the same one that I was just talking about, which was Curve. Um, wait, there's bunches. The word Curve is everywhere on here. This might have been a bad choice. <laughs> uh, so it's just CR, CRV. Yeah, the DAO token, I guess. But let's use, um, let's see, find me one to use. Let's use Balancer. All right, so Balancer, $213 million, but the fully diluted market cap would be $2.8 billion. On default, DeFi Pulse, it says $1 billion is locked. So, like, that's somewhere in the middle between the two. It's not, it's not the fully diluted market cap, but it's uh, a lot you know, it's showing a lot more than what they actually, it's showing five times more than they actually have in circulating supply based on the current market cap. Yeah. That's a great way to falsely elevate your token. So my guess is that there's probably $1.8 billion based on current value of balancer. That is just not in existence in any capacity. And there must be like 800 million. That's maybe like, Somebody is owed, but they vest over time. That's kind of that's how I'm going to guess this. That would make sense. 
I know the same as people have been telling me like, oh, Meta is a low cap, the M- MTA, um, because they're like it's twenty five million, twenty six million dollars, fully diluted market cap, six hundred million dollars. <laughs> like that's they've hardly distributed anything. It doesn't count. That's not that's not a low cap. I don't care what they say. This is the same crap from like Stellar and stuff back in the day. And I have a bag. Yes. I'm fudding. I'm fudding my own bag. There's a hex ad. How about that? Uh, All of it is exactly the same as everything that's ever been when it comes to pre-mines. Exactly the same. All right. Same thing with Dot. Same thing with Link. Same thing with Ripple. It's all the same. Here's what we're going to do, though. Here's where we're going to Here's where we're gonna escalate the conversation, Josh. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the decentralized exchange versus the centralized exchange – in the in the video that I, did, I talked about the the decentralized exchange, they have these, you know, these big pools, right? So the automated market maker and the people arbitraging the price are really the ones determining what you get when you buy or sell. Whereas in an order book, it's entirely different. So one, I'm interested in what actually happens with price. Like, does price move a little differently in a, when there's liquidity pools that are managing these things relative to order books, where you know people just go in and set very specific things. I think right now it's actually setting up much truer charts because someone has to manually go and make that choice versus when you have like all the things that you have in a centralized exchange. That'll be uh, – I think that'll be eliminated over time because more of these tools are being built to do things like easy limit orders and stuff. The other question I have though is do we just want – do we just prefer trading on a decentralized exchange? A lot of this stuff, Balancer, for example, it's way more liquid on uh, the DEXs, including their own, than it is on Binance. So it's on Binance, a holy grail of you know shitcoin trading, but the Binance pairs are significantly less liquid than the DEX pairs. And also I'm, I don't have to give over custody if I'm trading on the DEX. It's just in my Ethereum wallet. That's good, right? Like – if we can really make this experience half decent, why would I want to trade on centralized exchange? 100% agree, but just keep in mind, it's the moment of DeFi stuff right now. It's max so DeFi at the moment. It's not Binance's moment. It's people learning how to use MetaMask or whatever and getting into as many scammy pumps as they can. Yeah, I mean, there's the rug, reason the reason there's more central. balancer. <laughs> yes, but the reason there's more balancer on DEXs than Binance isn't because of balancer. It's because there's all the other stuff on the DEXs you can't trade on Binance. If Binance listed every single uh, token that was on these DEXs, then yeah, it would probably have just about the same volume as all the DEXs did. You think so? Right, I think so, hundred percent. And, well, not only does it have to list the tokens, it has to make it just as easy for the people to trade there. Right. Like, and and the, the pools and all that other stuff. Like, the reason it's on the DEXs isn't, uh, to me, has nothing to do with DEXs and has everything to do with what you can do on the DEX versus what you can't do on Binance. Yeah. I th- there's more and more interesting tools are being built, though, to do the things that you can do on centralized exchanges and centralized exchanges, of course, they have custody, but you also have to KYC. They have limits. They don't list everything, blah, blah, blah. They're, people are building that stuff into some of these decentralized exchanges, and I am I think it might be the moment. We've talked about it since 2017. I think there's there's an opportunity for it to be the moment. 
The big thing I see missing is right now, I don't think anything exists outside of Ethereum. So if you're not a ERC-20 token, then you're screwed. If you do, if, if somebody makes it to where you can trade any of these cross-chain, like you can just take any token from any supported chain, wrap it on the way in, and then trade it on whatever platform, that could truly be really, really good. Um, and in addition to that, this is all just spot, but, you know, the people are, I'm seeing every day, like, new announcements of doing margin trading, no KYC, non-custodial, you know, fully tokenized up to 4X, and then doing, you know, people introducing, like, a perp swap version of that, or doing a, um, or even doing options on chain. And this stuff's going to be scary for a while, but why do I need a centralized exchange if all those things really come into play over the next year or two? I mean, you don't need one. It's just... Uh, why will it still? Why would a centralized exchange still dominate? Well, these are the issues. You've got fees, liquidity, front-running, and uh, just general education. The general education is getting better and better just because it's it's so there's so much FOMO here people are going out of their way to learn about this stuff which tells you the power of the the scam pumps right now like the scam pumps are so strong people are saying you know I'm, I gotta learn right like everybody's saying I gotta learn about this DeFi stuff uh, so it's got that on its side for sure um, but all those other issues like fees you know you can talk about the your fees on Uniswap oh that'd be dead bad. Um, I, I figured it out to get it a little cheaper. So I was making a mistake. I was using one inch as a place to trade. Um, one inch is it's doing more complicated stuff. So like if you need to do a lot of stuff and it needs to go across all these dexes and all that, and then it's okay to do have a hundred dollars worth of fees in one trade. Um, if you go direct through the Uniswap interfaces or whatever, um, then your typical fee, you know, it's going to be like eight bucks, something like that. Depends on depends on the time, but even when the fees like super spiked the other day, uh, maybe it was maybe it was like twelve or fifteen or something per trade. Now that cuts out a lot of people. That's not accessible for sure. But I do think, like a couple of folks are saying in the chat. Someone's going to introduce layer two. Someone's going to introduce full compatibility with all these things. But, you know, on a faster chain, that's the whole serum thing, the Solana stuff, like what FTX is working on. They'll make that compatible with the RC20s. Maybe they'll make it compatible with cross chains. We're just seeing an explosion in competitiveness. So you've Uniswap is it's the V1 of this whole thing. I mean, Uniswap's been around a while. It's just got hype right now, right? Um, but there's all the new ones, all the innovations coming where they're fixed, you know, they're trying to work on impermanent loss issues. They're working on, you know, not getting penalized in the pools as much. Uh, They're working on better rewards for people to provide liquidity. They're working on doing imbalanced pools instead of having to have 50, 50 pools. They're working on, you know, faster transactions or putting it on a faster chain or, you know, atomic swaps across multiple types of tokens. I mean, that's why Rin moon so hard as people brought bitcoin onto the ethereum chain um this stuff's happening really fast we're obviously late (laughs) in talking about it people were hyping this a year ago but it wasn't visible and now it's visible like i'm seeing it when i trade um and i think the evolution is going to keep happening really really quickly and i think several centralized exchanges are going to find themselves on their back foot 
agree that they're going to be forced to innovate, but I disagree that the centralized exchange experience is going to be on the decks anytime soon. And the big, the really, the at the end of the day, the big thing is the the real money, the institutional money, cannot trade on these yeah. platforms without proper regulatory stuff. So yeah, until that happens, like that's going to be the holy grail. And, and on, it's already also it's already there. Making. Like market yeah. making is yeah, completely yeah. different on this. The uh, the whole regulatory side of it is already there. It's just most of the retail liquidity is going to be on these. Uh, non KYC taxes, that because that's you know that's how Americans can participate, really. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you and I, I think, are both convinced Americans are still a huge part of the market, but all the exchanges just act like it's no part of the market because they want to have a blind eye, so Americans can get around it, basically. Yep. Um, they want to pretend nobody uses a VPN. They want to pretend that. Yeah. We all don't our, need geolocations and all this other stuff. Don't worry, all our customers are in Asia. You know, like yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of customers in Asia, sure, but that not all their. You know, most of their customers. I, we've seen it. We've seen it. Look at look at Bitmex volumes over time. You know, the the more the more people get into uh, having locking this stuff down, they lose their customers, and they're not losing customers where they're not getting regulated out of the market. They're losing customers where they're forced, you know, having to regulate out of the market. They're losing Americans. And I think this is yeah. a, a huge boon for Americans that are trying to do this. The question is, will the regulatory hammer come down and how will it come down? I mean, it's going to come down eventually. It might be two years from now, but it's going to come down in some way. Yeah. I don't know what they could even do, but uh, because it's all decentralized, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. They can shut down the, um, they can shut down the websites if they're uh if they're controlled by Americans. Yeah, that'd be one way to do it. But like, you'll have 10 pop up at, you know, as long as, you know, it's a protocol. Code is hard to kill, man. It's, uh, maybe, I wonder if it would result in real change. So I guess my overarching statement is don't think it's a new paradigm and think of it more of it as just path of least resistance for people to gamble. Yeah, because that's that's to me right now. That's what it really. Don't get me wrong. I would love to trade on a Dex all day long. Lo- I would love it. Um, not your keys, not your coins, right? So, but again, you run into this other issue where you have this smart contract attack surface risk. Where, okay, so so your key, you know, so all your stuff is on your own ledger, or whatever. But if there are ways to manipulate the order book or ways to manipulate buying and selling ways to manipulate these pools ways to manipulate these yeah they're gonna get essentially DAOs. like we're gonna that's gonna happen and it, it has happened a couple times it's not happened a lot i'm surprised it haven't hasn't happened more uh but it's gonna happen you know so there's always a, there's always a weakness there's always an achilles heel here yeah i agree with you i think a lot of that needs to be hardened i still think it's risky quite risky um i just think it starting to use it and experience it i certainly see a lot of the downside but i'm also seeing a lot of the upside um i want to move on i don't want to bore everybody with this the whole time because you've got something exciting on your screen and it is uh, i do yeah you got (laughs) you have link top things on your screen so um i mean it would be interesting if amidst all this hype the the king of bear market upside starts to fall 
Like, is it just rotation? Is it game over? What are your thoughts on Link? So if I'm looking at this chart and I see this on anything, it tells me to get the hell out of that that coin. (laughs) That's what it tells me. Especially if you're in from a dollar. Like, how do you not take that and rotate? Like, what kind of hands do you have, man? They're, They're beyond iron. You can talk about memes and Link Marines all you want, but I'm not looking to be enlisted here. So I, I don't have, have any Link anyway. But if I see this, on any of this is an MA multiplier, on anything, it tells me, okay, these were the lows. These are the highs. I should be careful still being in this coin here. Yeah. Because this is what happens. And wouldn't you know, I've been watching this every couple of days on CoinGecko. You can see the, the exact wallet address this is if you're a hardcore link, link mariner do it better hold on to your britches right here this is links um smart contract limited they're like holding parent company dev tokens basically they had been selling 500k every sorry they've been selling a million coins every month until this month and now they're selling two million coins oh no and they just sold some more six hours ago so this it doesn't necessarily mean that they're selling, but if you're moving coins out of this wallet, it's probably selling. So they've doubled their selling. The devs have doubled their selling this month compared to the previous five. And you're telling me I should hold on to Link or buy it here? You're nuts, dude. Josh, you're nuts. Can, can you post that address in the uh, chat? It's been requested. Yeah. And you can say that you know 500k Link is nothing. The market will absorb it. Whatever, I don't care. The point is it's a signal to use. If the team thinks it's a great time to get out at a higher rate than normal, maybe it's a decent time to get out. <laughs> right? Like, like if insiders are selling. Watch out. I'm not saying Link will collapse or it's going to go to zero or it's a scam. I'm just saying just read the room, guys. Read the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and as far as like how I know which wallets, if you go to CoinGecko and you hover over this uh, circulating supply question mark here. Fancy. It'll show you what the where all that link is being held, and then you can click on these individual wallets. We need CoinGecko to sponsor us because uh, we're using them a lot. They, their their stuff is pretty useful, I have to say. Uh, I love it personally. Um, I feel like it's less ugly now, but maybe it's just because I have an ad blocker on. So yeah, be careful with Link. That's my Link TA and FA for you. Uh, the other part of Link is this pitchfork that has been active since 2018, and it's pointing to top things here as well. Yeah, Link could consolidate for like the next four months and then mega pump, no doubt. I think at minimum we're going to see rotation out of that into things that look like better opportunities. I agree. Like it's just, we talk about this 10,000 times, but it's just the rotation game. If you're up 4,000% here, what are you going to do? Why would you hold? Why in in God's name would you hold this when you have all this other stuff you could rotate into? You know, even if you rotate into something that loses 20% and link goes up 10% in the same period of time, the risk of holding this 4,000% bag is just too great in my opinion, you know? Yeah. And I guarantee, you know, same thing for all these other newly released DeFi coins. I know for a fact, some of the people that have a a vested stake, they are literally selling everything they have every day to put the price pressure 
on some of these. Um, of course you would. Of course you would. People are blind to this. They they <laughs> like dot dot specifically. They talk about the dot market cap and yeah, dot yeah. volumes and dot this dot that. We need guys, they're they are selling they're, every day. Guys, they're loving they're, it. The VCs are just like salivating. They don't care. They're dumping. They don't, they're not looking at what price. They any any price anywhere in this realm. They're very. They're happy. dumping so hard. I guarantee you. The second the tokens get unlocked, the second they don't care. Okay, why would they? They're up again. They're up four thousand percent or whatever. What does it matter? You know. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Dot was what I'm, what I'm going to bring up here. Yeah, I'm looking for it too. I've not even pulled it up because I'm salty. And that's not to say <laughs> that like dot will keep going up. Dot can go up to infinity, but that's not the point. The point is the selling pressure will reach an equilibrium where people are going to stop buying. And the selling it will not stop. The selling will just keep pace, you know, wherever it is. Yeah, I mean, even what you're showing right there, like this, looks like it could uh, give somebody a nice entry <laughs> on a relative basis. Like if you still want to play the momentum. And uh, I mean, another it's really, got a lower high on these low time frames. It doesn't look mega bear, but I, you know. I, I'm just not going to touch it because I know yeah, it looks the like insiders getting, are selling. But it looks like it's getting a little heavy. Yeah. Uh, one of them that is a prime example of exactly what we're talking about with DOT is uh, HBAR. I mean, HBAR, you, you see this on EOS, you see this on Zcash, you see this on any like early pre-mined VC thing where it's just like constantly dumping, magically pumps, does a bunch of nothing. Um, that's what I expect for, for DOT. Yeah, and uh, in terms of when you know VCs get their coins, when they vest, when they can start dumping, it's going to depend on which coin it is, when it was released, what their vesting schedule was in the contracts that they have for having funded this stuff. One, I think one way to see like uh, what's there is there's not a lot of places to hedge this stuff, but if they want to lock in like a 40, 50, 100x, whatever they have on these tokens – Sometimes that's where you'll start to see the volume if they get listed on FTX or a place like that. If something is heavy short, it's probably VCs that are just locking in their uh, locking in their gain on tokens that aren't unlocked yet. Yeah, that's which, a good point. Which could simultaneously showcase to you how you know how how rich it is for those VCs, and also provide an opportunity for a continued short squeeze up. <laughs> funny enough, um, if too many it's people true. get on the short side. So it's, it's a tricky game to play. I just, you got to be careful with these people. Please look at the fully diluted market cap. These are all pre-printed coins. Like every single coin is minted. Like unless it's just inflationary forever. These are not like proof of work, <laughs> fairly launched. These, people got bags, and they need and want and love retail to FOMO their bags. Right, that's the whole point. They bought the bags because they assume. They're going to sell it to somebody at a higher price, right? Greater yeah. fool type stuff. Yeah, you, you can make a dollar. You can play it to the upside. No doubt about of it. Course. Of course. But you also need to, in my opinion, these are not hold for like two years types of things. These are play the momentum, play the FOMO, and enjoy your profit. Get more Bitcoin. Um, All I care about is people being educated on this stuff. I don't care if they make money, lose money, whatever. But if you're if you're doing this blind and you're not paying attention to what's going on with the supply and the VCs getting in way before you, you know, then, I, then that's a feels bad sort of situation, but you should definitely be educated in that. 
Yeah. We got a question about Doge, and I've been thinking about this too. Like, was that just the tiniest Doge pump ever? Like, is that what we're reduced to? Is these, I mean, Doge is supposed to go off to the heavens to bring on, uh, you know, alt euphoria, and that was crap. That was a garbage Doge pump, Josh. I agree. I mean, I expected much higher, uh, but the inflation against supply <laughs> could just be too great that, uh, I mean, it does, look at doesn't this. matter. This was how many, one, two, uh, two, uh, three, three day bull market from bottom to top, <laughs> like 20, 25 sats to 60 and then bleeding out ever since. Is that all we're to with, with Doge is, uh, less than one week candle. I mean, in the past it was like, what's this one? That's five weeks. That's three weeks. Even more if you go further back. It's like the markets are getting market cycles are getting shorter and shorter on some of these fun ones. Yeah, it um there was yeah, like a doge. No, there is no inflation on Doge anymore. Like it's basically all been mined. Has it? Pretty much, yeah. I think it's are you sure? nearly a fee driven market now. I'm just going are you with sure? it. I'm going with it. Okay. One second, I'll be right back. Sure. While Josh uh, does that, I think some of the plays that are interesting to me, like if you're just looking for the trade setup, like I've started to see some of the, like something becomes quickly unsexy or whatever, and you kind of can play the the rebound trade. So like comp versus Bitcoin literally got listed on Coinbase and dump, 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 dump. That's, you know, all your early investors, people bleeding it out. But at a certain point it starts to base and it gets another move, starts to base and has an opportunity for another move because they need to move it up so that they can start redistributing again. And I think some of those uh, get really interesting. So if there's like a, if there's a coin that you got excited about, but it moved really quickly, give it some time to bleed out and have an opportunity to do it again uh, and see if you can look for some swing trades in that. That's not like invest forever stuff. It's just the kind of trade where I feel like there's some opportunities. Um, and then the other one that I've been noticing is even like dot, I guess is an example of this. Like it lists way above from a multiple perspective that you would expect. Um, in a bear market, I'm not looking at these hourly charts and stuff, but in a daggum bull market, um, I'm watching pretty low time frame charts on, on some of these. So this is a four hour, but like when I was looking at, serum thing listed super profitably for all those early people and then it just started to do this kind of drip drip consolidation and when you see it start to base and make some kind of lower high even on these low time frames that's often a signal where you can you know start to look for an opportunity for a swing trade up and the degree of these trades even if you don't get all the way i mean this one went 60, 70% in a couple of days. Uh, and I'm watching like a one hour chart. So the, the hard part about when the market is really bullish is you're looking on lower and lower time frames. Your trades could be faster and faster and it gets more and more difficult um, to basically keep track of everything because it just moved, the market moves so daggum fast. And paying attention to that requires uh, a lot of your attention. Like, and that's that's mostly on these I don't even want to call them mid caps, but you know, the newer projects with where they're trying to figure out what their price is. If it's an older project, 
or even if it's Bitcoin or Ethereum, um, you know, you can kind of set some set some levels, set some bids, and go away. But on these newer ones, there's a lot of opportunity there. It's just that there's not a lot of price history, so the the price moves around a lot trying to establish what the ranges are going to be. Um, yeah, and as High IQ Whale says in here, the Serum SRM lockups investing schedule uh, is long, so people are people are going to be locked into that coin who are invested in it for quite a while. Um, but it just kind of depends on the coin. There's so much stuff that varies from situation to situation that you have to uh, have to consider when you're when you're choosing these. Um, Another thing that I mentioned in the video that I did today, but I'll, I'll mention on the podcast, is if you're looking into the yield stuff and farming, um, there's a million of these coins that come out, and I wouldn't just jump in on any any one of them. But there's some sources that are trying to curate information on like what what's providing a decent yield, what can you do with it. Yieldfarming.info is one of them. It'll kind of highlight you know what's going on, what can you do, what do you earn. And what I'm trying to do when I play these is not I'm, not, I'm I'm not trying to look at them like, oh yeah, this is something I don't ever want to look at the price of. I just want to farm it and earn based on farming. What I'm doing is I'm trying to match up. How does my trade idea for the underlying token? How does it uh, match with what I can yield from farming on top of that? So that's actually how I chose a couple of my recent plays. Um, so I, I picked Meta because I felt like it might starting to be exhausting some of those early sellers because you know it, it pumped on the list and then uh, slowly bled out. And I got in as it just seemed like people were more and more depressed. But in addition to being a, a trade setup, I was interested in it. Also, uh, if you look on these yield farming things. There's this 95.5 pool where you can uh, put the put the meta in a liquidity pool and check out my YouTube videos, the last couple that I did in terms of talking about this. Uh, you put it in the liquidity pool. 95% of what you put in those liquidity pool in this particular liquidity pool can actually be meta versus a stable coin. But then you're earning like something like 80% uh, APY, uh, so earnings in, in the year. Um, so you're getting like a significant staking reward while you're also in the long trade. And then when you feel like unwinding it, you just unwind it. Now it's going to take you a minute. Like you're not going to do it in two minutes. You're not going to be able to unwind what you've staked and, you know, do the transactions to sell. But, uh, you can still get rid of this trade pretty quickly once you're ready to take profit and then, you know, yield the staking benefits while you go. And I think that, I want to take swing trades on setups like this because people are already like interested in this stuff purely from a yield fart farming uh, <laughs> yield farting uh, purely from a yield farming perspective. So I'm saying, in addition to, I'm going I'm to draw on someone's yield farming hype, and I'm going to play my trade setups just like I always would on these lower time frames, and then I'm going to also earn from the yield farming. So I feel like I'm kind of triple dipping. I'm getting a momentum coin, I'm getting the yield farming, and I'm doing my normal trade setup. And I have a lot, have a lot more interest in that type of setup than I do in stuff where maybe I like the chart just as much, maybe it's a long period of accumulation, but I have no idea when it might break out. And I know for a fact people are watching these hot you know, DEXs and, and stuff going on and seeing what's yielding the best. If I can find a good trade setup on something like that, 
I think you can take advantage. So that's what I've been trying to do. And I think that's why it's worth paying attention, even if yield farming doesn't really have a, you know, provide you a lot of interest. That's why I'm, I'm looking at it. And I think Josh is back. I hope to God I've been talking a lot. Oh yeah, I'm here. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was getting learned and educated. Uh, yeah. So that's why I've been approaching these. Um, I'm still treating them like the trade though, you know, but if, yeah, it's just, it's too much for me to pay attention to, honestly. It does take a lot of attention. Not, I'm not going to lie. That's why, you know, that's a terrible thing to say. Like if you can make money with knowledge, go for it. But to me, the risk is just too great. Yeah. My thing is just the percentage of the moves is the type that we have not seen in a long time. If I'm on an hourly chart and charting like 30% moves and, you know, under 24 candles, you're talking 20, 30, 40, 50% moves in a day on stuff that's liquid, not giant cap, and has tons of hype. That's a gold mine for somebody that's willing to spend the time doing it. Yeah, I, I agree. It's lucrative. I'm not going to disagree with you there. What else do you have on your mind, Josh? Uh, I don't know. Did ADA, ADA article? ADA looks like hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody's looked at that since all the staking. Um, the mainnet hype is gone. Ooh. Yeah, the mainnet hype is gone. Ooh. Yeah, just look at it. It's like a very, it's just very capitulatory. Like, I'm out of here. Uh, you know, some, I don't, I'm assuming mainnet went live like somewhere yeah, back this, here. Um, got, a few, got a little bit of a pump and then peace out. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, that's looking really ugly. It, uh, it, uh, yeah, it doesn't look good for sure. It's like a waterfall of yeah. day over day selling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I haven't really been. I've really just been watching this ETH thing, trying to break down. And it just refuses. ETH refuses is, to die. It refuses die, ETH, to die. die. And it, it, dude, I'm telling you, this it strikes me like one of these where it's like, all right, this thing wants to die, wants to die, wants to die, and then no matter what happens, the I told you so's will be huge, and everywhere. Um. What, that it's not going to die? No, no. Like, no whether it, if, if, it, it if it goes to like 330 or 500, the I told you so's will be equal weighted, <laughs> you know. Um, I've been trying to hedge it for downside. I would still lose money if this breaks down, you know, like 330 or whatever, because uh, certainly a lot of these altcoins and stuff would. But I would be, I, w- I would lose on spot, and then I'd be prepared to make on margin, and I'd make a little bit on the hedge on the way down. I don't know if I can just justify that forever, but I'm I'm going to have to choose one direction or the other to like speculate or hedge myself until it breaks somewhere. And right now it's been, it's been tough, to, tough to justify right when I close, when I just say, screw this, I'm not hedging this anymore. That's when it's going to dump. Yeah. I mean, just have, have alerts at uh, 380 for ETH, have alerts at what is the BTC level to watch. It's it's weird because I feel like BTC already broke down, but ETH just refuses. Um, I guess eleven two have an alert eleven two for BTC. I don't know. I don't really. I don't really see anything that's clean on BTC like I do for ETH. Yeah, this. I don't know. It just looks I think more 11, of a mess. I think eleven two is too high. Like we basically already touched that. I feel. Yeah, so- I'm saying if we break down. Right? Oh yeah. Well, I'm watching. Oh, you mean below eleven two? Yeah, yeah. But target yeah. wise, I'm looking at ten two. 
yeah, like targets I want ten seven or lower based on the cloud, but yeah. uh, ten two uh three thirty three on eth bullish those are bullish macro retests I agree that's where that's where I'm a buyer, you know yeah. I think that's where a lot of people are gonna be buyers. And when when this breakout happens, it'll hurt all these altcoin setups that I've been yapping about. So, be water. <laughs> be water, my friend. <laughs> uh, why don't we leave it there? We'll take some more questions. The requests for charts and analysis are getting less and less appropriate for an actual podcast. Smaller cap, smaller confidence. So, we'll take a couple of those on Twitch. You know, you guys can stream this show with us live ask us questions on twitch just go to twitch.tv slash ledger status and you know what you can uh you can follow us on twitter to get announcements of when we go live it's almost always friday afternoons uh two to three four o'clock whatever um we'd appreciate you being there and then otherwise if you enjoy this podcast give us a dadgum review in apple podcasts especially but other podcast apps if you use them we really like those Check out Josh's stuff at Carpe Noctum, Twitter, and YouTube. We'll see you soon.